Chapter 12 of How to Camp Out. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah Jennings. How to Camp Out by John M. Gould. Chapter 12 How to Do It by Reverend Edward Everett Hale. The following advice by Reverend Edward Everett Hale is so good that I have appropriated it. You will find more good advice in the same book. Quote, First, never walk before breakfast. If you like, you may make two breakfasts and take a mile or two in between, but be sure to eat something before you are on the road. Second, do not walk much in the middle of the day. It is dusty and hot then, and the landscape has lost its special glory. By ten o'clock you ought to have found some camping ground for the day. A nice brook running through a grove a place to draw or paint or tell stories, or read them or write them, a place to make waterfalls and dams, to sail chips or build boats, a place to make a fire and a cup of tea for the oldsters. Stay here till four in the afternoon, and then push on, in the two or three hours which are left, to the sleeping place agreed upon. Four or five hours on the road is all you want in each day. Even resolute idlers— as it is to be hoped you all are on such occasions, can get eight miles a day out of that, and it is enough for a true walking party. Remember all along that you are not running a race with the railway train. If you were, you would be beaten, certainly, and the less you think you are, the better. You are travelling in a method of which the merit is that it is not fast, and that you see every separate detail of the glory of the world. What a fool you are, then, if you tire yourself to death, merely that you may say that you did in ten hours what the locomotive would gladly have finished in one, if by that effort you have lost exactly the enjoyment of nature and society that you started for. The advice to rest in the heat of the day is good for very hot weather. Young people, however, are too impatient to follow it unless there is an apparent necessity. The feeling at twelve o'clock that you have yet to walk as far as you have come is not so pleasant as that of knowing that you have all the afternoon for rest. For this reason nearly every one will finish the walk as soon as possible. Still, Mr. Hale's plan is a good one, the best for very hot weather. Still another way to travel. Mr. Hale also tells an amusing story of his desire, when young, to sail down the Connecticut River. But he was dissuaded from doing so when the chance finally came by people who thought the road was the only place to travel in, and now he is sorry he did not sail. The reading of his story brings to mind a similar experience that I had when young, and it is now one of the keen regrets of my manhood that I likewise was laughed out of a boyish plan that would have given me untold pleasure and profit had it been carried out. I loved to walk, and I wanted to see the towns within a circuit of twenty or thirty miles of home, but I could not afford to pay hotel bills, and I was not strong enough to carry a camping outfit. But I had an old cart, strong and large enough to hold all I should need. I could load it with the same food that I should eat if I stayed at home, could wear my old clothes, take my oilcloth overcoat, an axe, frying pan, pail, and a borrowed tent and poles, and I would learn the country by heart before vacation was over, and not cost my father a cent more than if I stayed at home. Oh, why didn't I go? Simply because I was laughed out of it. I was told that people did not travel in that way. I should be arrested. The boys would hoot at and stone me. The men would set their dogs on me. I should be driven out of my camping place. 
Thieves would steal my seventy-five-cent cart. Dogs would eat up my stock of food, and the first man who overtook me would tell the people that a crazy boy from Portland was coming along the road dragging a baby wagon, whereupon every woman would leave her kitchen and every man his field to see and laugh at me. But above all, the thing would be known in our neighborhood, and the boys and girls would join in their abuse of the county explorer. That was the end of it, the being made sport of by my own friends, and hearing the small boys in our street sing out, How's your cart? and to be known all through life, perhaps, as one-horse John, the punishment would be too severe. But, my young friends, I made a great mistake, and I want to caution you not to surrender to any such nonsense as I did. If you wish to go to sea in a skiff, it is well to give in to a fisherman's advice to stay at home, for he can assure you that winds and waves will be the death of you. But if you have a good hand-wagon and are willing to stand a few taunts, by all means go on your walk, and pull your wagon after you. You will learn a lesson in independence that will be of value to you, if you learn nothing else. End of chapter 12